FMX Network production. You cast me, complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I'd like to start off by saying I apologize to anybody that picked me in Pulp Mex Fantasy. Screw outdoors, man. I'm out. <laughs> it sounds like a sewing machine. Right. You don't even know he's there. Right. We've never seen him outside the top five. <laughs> no, no. It's just like, oh, no. there he's, he's back. Yeah. Dude makes me want to quit riding my dirt bike. <laughs> dirt bikes are gnarly. Man, he was tough to pass. Like, he does not make a mistake. <laughs> His setup is crazy. Dude, seriously, no chicks. Like, so maybe even... all of us idiots need to really think about this kind of stuff. Never doubt Dunge. No, I know. Hunter! Fucking Lauren! <laughs> he was so lame. You would be the Logan Carnell of 1993. The 90s era fans love you. And only fans, they love that as well. <laughs> I've never had sex before a motor like that or anything crazy. You know, Chicken told a story not long ago the same thing. He was walking down, I think it was heat race, and, and saw some chicken. She, he gave, she gave him a blowjob in the bathroom down there at the, uh, at, at the bottom of the hill. And, hey, I'm Phil Nicoletti. He wasn't happy. He wasn't smiling. Like I, I was forgetting how to enunciate words. What is wrong with you? Why can't you just speak normally? I'm not confident at all. I mean, we got we got Mav TV money now, so you know it's, <laughs> it, it's not it's not money's no object. I mean, I put Carnell up a Mandalay Bay. A dude off Grinder wants to sponsor you for a weekend. You it took really lemons is. and you made lemonade. So then I see Peyton cracking the cores. Oh, not not yes. long after the checkers, dude. So dude, you don't need to be a snitch, Steve. They have to be bigger and deeper. You ever seen the movie Dodgeball? Sextacular and generational. I put a wiener on my bike. You're a celebrity. Obviously, he's a D-bag. All right, guys. Once again, it's time for another Pulp Mix wrap-up show. As usual, I'm Darkside, your host. I'm brought to you tonight by Seal Savers. This week, I have two new guests to help out. Neither one of them been on here before, but I think this is going to be a lot of fun. First up, brought to you by Guts Racing, Tommy Ulikowski. What's up, Tommy? Hey, Darkside, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, Steve mentioned a couple weeks ago that uh, your brother, Sean, Yulo, everybody knows him as Yulo, I guess, reached out and said that, hey, my, my brother would love to do this. So uh, I'm glad to have some new, some fresh meat. Yeah, my brother's been in the pro pits shoot since he was 19 years old, and uh, he's got become friends with a lot of guys and stuff. And I say, hey, you know, tell Matt this, you know, if he ever needs anyone, I'll I'll do it. So uh, he talked to you guys a couple weeks ago, and yeah. uh, we're hooking it up. Yeah, it's done. We're, we're going to get the ratings tonight, man. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, this is going to be the number one show on Pulp Mix for sure. Well, I got I got info that will get ratings. Okay, I like it. I like it. Breaking news. 
Uh, also on the line, he's a WPS rep, rep up in Wisconsin. We know that I love my flower racing reps, my WPS guys. Uh, he's brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires Night, Cody Wills. What's going on, Cody? Not much, Dark Side. How are you doing? I'm pumped to be on the show. It's gonna be a good, gonna be a good one. It sounds like. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, if you're friends with Triple, you must be all right. Yeah, no. Trip, me and Triple go go back. He started with WPS probably just shortly after after I I did, and um, yeah, it, it, you know, I've been listening to the Pulp Show probably since like show nine or ten, and then wow. you know I've gone back and listened to the other ones. So just just a long time moto moto fan, raced since I was a kid, and now my kid races, and you know we go to a lot of the big amateur events, and and obviously listening to the Pulp Show is a good way to kill time while being on the road for that and and repping. Absolutely, and I'm going to ask you both here in a second a little bit about how you discovered Pulp Mix and all that, but before we do that, this week it's going to be episode 506 with T Dags Tyler Medallia. I always love to bring up that Steve's. From Canada, he's buddies with T Dags, and he never says the name right. He always says Tyler Medaglia. It's Medallia, Steve Medallia. No G. <laughs> the G is silent. Also in studio is Logan Carnell. Uh, Chris Chris Kiefer got bumped for T Dags. Actually, that one that one hurts a little bit. I love T Dags, but I think I think Kiefer would have been good in studio with the two of them. I think it would have been a lot of fun. I would love to have Kiefer after dark with Carnell and Kiefer. That was uh, kind of the plan. But I'm a big T Dags fan, so that's all right. Um, on the phone Monday night, we had Christian Craig, Chase Sexton, Debo, Denny Stevenson, Dustin Pipes from Hep Motorsports, and Cheyenne Harmon even called in. So, first up, Tommy, um, overall thoughts on the show? Any disappointment that Kiefer wasn't in studio? How'd you feel about T Dags, Logan Cardell, the whole show as a whole? I think T Dags is, is just an all around good dude. I don't know him personally, but just a, a guy that rides and races as much as he does he'll do whatever to ride his motorcycle um i got a lot of respect for that guy um still hauls ass um having him on you know he's probably been on a handful of times and it's always been good you know so i think that was good to have him on and to have someone who at least tried to race if he didn't get hurt he would have you know been top 20 I, yeah i feel. I, I don't disagree i didn't put him on my team this week uh, i was but um i definitely think he would have gotten good points i unfortunately i well maybe fortunately i was at the track this weekend so i didn't really get to even adjust my picks too much uh t-dags was an option to to change to depending on qualifying but i was at the track didn't get anything done but cody how about you man episode 506 what do you think overall uh i thought it was a good show i mean it went smooth um, you know, no, there's no like big action. Like every time, like I, I felt like the buildup, um, with Denny and Mark's Twitter battle, uh, <laughs> I thought that might've been something, but, yeah. uh, there was not, there was nothing crazy there, but, uh, and then they kind of hashed the beef out or whatever. So that was cool. But yeah, T-Dags, he always talks so, you know, like good and articulate, you know, he, he's really a good speaker. Um, and, and Carnow too. And actually, when I when I heard that it was Carnell on there, um, the last show that he was on with it was with Cheyenne, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that was the last time he was in the studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah they and got tuned I, up I, pretty good. <laughs> they did. Yeah, and that's what that's what I was gonna say is like they got pretty tuned up to the point that I was like, oh man, it's like a couple of kids in there. But Carnell was like totally different this episode. I thought 
I thought he was like he spoke really well and uh, went with the flow, and, and it really wasn't that that same scenario. So it, it was a good show. Yeah, I think uh, I think Logan gets better every time he's been in. I don't I don't remember exactly how many times he's been in so far. I think they talked about how many times Tyler was in. But Logan definitely gets better every time. Uh, so, yeah, he's a good guest. Uh, he actually is locked in to do the wrap-up next week for those listening. So that's going to be fun. Uh, before we actually get into listening to some of the audio of the show, Cody, I'll go to you first. You talked about listening. You've, you've heard pretty much all the episodes. But how did you discover Pulp Mix, first of all? Well, I I mean, back in the day, like I used to listen to DMXF with okay. you know, David Iser sure. and Kevin Kelly and and those guys were funny and it was good. And then, then Steve started doing these. And so I was already listening to like the, the podcast off of that. And it, I think it just popped up or I heard he had been doing shows. And I, like I said, I think I got on like show nine or 10. I started listening to it. And then of course I went back and, and just the funniness of like Kenny Watson back then, like <laughs> sure. that, that like drew me in right away. It was hilarious. And it was, you know, because Kevin Kelly and the DMX guys, they're funny, too. Like, they had their own type of humor. But then Steve had that, I'm, I'm at the races, I got info, insight, and that's kind of how I had heard about the show and kind of what got me hooked. And then, then like I said, you know, I, I'm in, like, my eighth year with WPS, and just time on the road, like, I rely on Steve's shows, the wrap-up show, the, you know, Fantasy, Motor 60, all those shows. Like, that's what gets me by. And when there's a week without that, I, I I think like Tuesday morning I'm like Jones and uh, yeah, yeah, if I, I don't you. have it, you know what I mean. I, I understand so, that absolutely, dude. That's that's good to hear, Tommy. How about you? Did yeah. how'd you discover it? From a great family friend named Kenneth Watson. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Two Kenny Watson uh, mentions already. Awesome. Kenny Watson has been a part of our family, a close friend for very very long time. Um, Whatever I needed, I'd call Kenny. It, it just that's why I started listening because he, he said, Hey, I'm doing a, a podcast, blah blah blah. I started listening, and then I started putting two and two together because back in 1999, 98, my brother called me up and said, Hey, listen, I got a, a, um, a job offer from Tim Ferry or Travis Preston. Who should I take? Okay. I said, take Travis Preston. And meanwhile, I've known Timmy prior to that, you know, because he grew up, he, he spent the summers in New Jersey because bef- when he was a rookie, he rode for a guy in New Jersey for senior racing. And me and Timmy went up to Canada before blah, blah, blah. I just said, Hey, take this shot with uh, a kid, Travis Preston, because I was at Anaheim that year. He won the heat race and I saw something in him. And that right there gave my brother the job with Travis Preston. And what I'm feeling is it also got Steve hooked up with his number one man, Tim Ferry. I love this. I love this. This is def- that's good. Yeah, this will definitely get I, mentioned to Steve that he needs dude, to. He owes you a thank you. Oh, I told you I was bringing a rating, Dark Side. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Uh, My brother said, "Which one?" 
I said, go with TP. They went and won a championship, so I guess it was a good call Hell for me. Yeah. But um, I think um, Timmy was on Nolene Yamaha, and Travis was on Moto Triple X Suzuki. Um, they got top privateer that year, and then two years later, three years later, they won the championship. That's cool, man. That's a great story. I love that. I love that. All right. Let's get into episode 506. The first thing I want to bring up, T-Dags, Race Polo, we kind of briefly mentioned that, did not go well. Let's just listen to what he had to say, and we'll, uh, we'll get our thoughts. I got okay. completely cleaned out. I was in a position to do good, had good qualifying. And yeah, I just get T-boned. I flipped over the bars, instantly knocked the wind out of myself, and then somebody was going up to hit the uphill triple or the step up and ran straight over my hand and arm. And Yeah. yeah. I, I and got, you, watch, you watch this gentleman run right over your arm? Yep. Yep. Just yep. coming right for me. And that was it. <laughs> and so and then you couldn't grip the bike and Oh, I tried to grip yep. the bike. I picked it up. My my hand like with my throttle hand. Couldn't squeeze it at all. I thought, well, maybe I just bent it. Like yep. not I'm sorry, bent it, banged it up yep. and it yep. was like numb or something. But then somebody clipped my uh bars when they were going by and I fell again, hit the, the took the bar into the chest and it went up into my helmet, hit my jaw and bit the side of my tongue. <laughs> And I was like, what What am I doing here? <laughs> that's that's but, what Carnell thinks every time he lines up for an outdoor race. Yeah. Dude, screw outdoors, man. I'm out. <laughs> um, yeah, so it didn't go well. No, it didn't. D- DNF, DNF, yeah. I, it pisses me off just talking about it right now. Right, a lot of yeah. money and effort and, yeah. Everything. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I brought my, my new mechanic out. Yeah. And I brought my, all my parts, all everything. I was like, oh, it's going to be better than riding just the EX. Uh, Cody, yeah, poor T-Dags, man. Just not ex- what was expected. I uh, thought he was going to have a good ride like last year at Paula at the, or at the opening round, and, man, just did not go well. Felt bad for the guy. Yeah, it, sound, it, it sounded terrible, and it sounded like he brought good stuff and prepared himself for a better situation. <laughs> yeah, than yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a bummer to see that. Like you, I was at Millville this weekend, zero reception. I set my team Friday, and it, it was what it was. And, you know, had I gone back and looked at times, I may have picked uh, C-Dags for that. But I didn't, luckily, I guess. But, you know, unfortunate for him to have such a, a bad weekend and, and it work out that way. Absolutely. And, Tommy, I, I love that he's just like, what am I doing? Like, I come all <laughs> the way down here to race this and just, like, you know, it's outdoor motocross, man. You just never know just getting, you know, goes down, getting hit by other riders and just like this, your weekend goes to shit in an instant. And you just never know, man. It's part of the sport. Yeah. I feel like if that didn't happen, he, he would give 110% and finish the motos, do the best he can. But, you know, especially with him and his bars, you know, if it was tweaked a little bit, that would probably throw off his whole game. Sure. But, but you know, he's he's proven that he races, goes hard, and crap happens, you know? <laughs> of That's course. Moto. Yeah, it is. It is. And, I mean, it's it's cool that he came in and kind of told about, talked about it. Could laugh a little bit. And it made for a good story, of course, on Monday night. And, you know, T-Dags, look, he's the pride of Canada, man. I love that guy. So, yeah, uh, yeah. He, you knew you knew he he was a little bit banged up because he tried to open up his beer and he couldn't <laughs> with his hand. So right, right, right yeah. there, I gave him you know the green light that he was banged up a little bit. Sure, so. good dude. Uh, all right, let's get into the big story of the weekend, or at least to me, what was one of the bigger stories of the weekend that 
pretty much every guest that called in Monday night was asked about. And that was uh, Ryan Dungey. I don't know, man. I, I kind of had him about where everybody else was, you know, seven, eight, nine, I think. Um, just real quick, before we listen to this audio, Tommy, where did you have him finishing ahead of going into Paula? Like that five to eight. Okay. But his middle name should be Jesus. <laughs> Baby Jesus. I mean, come on. He's Six amazing. Six years? Six years? Yeah. Yeah. They talked and about that. you know that. what? Mm-hmm. You know what sucks for the other guys? All you other 39 guys in the 450 class? What's that? He's only going to get better, man. Yeah. He's only going to get better, stronger, get that racecraft pumping. It, it's unbelievable. I cannot unbelievable. argue I cannot argue with that. Cody, how about you? Where'd you have him? I you know, I I wouldn't have been to be honest with you, I wouldn't have been surprised if he would have got third but then i also wouldn't have been surprised if he was 10th okay same thing same thing like what tommy said like i try to think of i'm trying to think of anyone who's taking six summers off at six and then five full years of no racing and done this well or well at all so yeah and my kid my kid's a big dungy fan too and and actually the minneapolis supercross he was he played uh, played a miniature dungee in uh, an opening ceremony skit, and he's oh, been cool. a big dungee fan. So, so maybe in my head, I'm like, he can win it all still. But <laughs> sure, sure, uh, it it's, uh, it is just super super impressive to, to see that. Dungeon. It really is, you know. And I think he's they kind of talked about like, could anybody else do that? And you know, I think one of the guys maybe said, ah, oh, maybe Ryan Dungey, but. I mean, Dungey, or not uh, Ryan Villapoto, right? But he he came back at Monster Cup and really didn't have much. Dungey, you know, I think we all know Dungey's going to come in prepared. And they, and they talk about in this audio a little bit. Let's listen. Ryan Dungey. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, he ran third in both motos. He went 5-5 five, five on the day. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's like he never left, really. And it, yeah. Unreal. Uh, better than I thought? Better than you thought? Way better than I thought. Oh, really? Like, I put him just inside the top 10. Yeah, yeah. And when he was a ride around in third with, like, what, a, f- a few minutes to go? Yeah. It was unbelievable. Like, dude makes me want to quit riding my dirt bike. How do you, how do you, how are you Six off? Six years he's been off for outdoors. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if I take, like, a couple months off, like, it takes me a little bit right. to kind of get back to what I was. And th- this dude takes six years off. You know, peak Ryan Dungey, like, championship Ryan Dungey, he was like, if that's a 10, he was like an 8.5. So solid. Yeah. Just like a pure athlete. Yeah. You look at him and you're like, man, like this guy, and he wants it, right? Like yeah. just all the stuff leading into it, like talking about being wanting to be on the podium and potentially yeah. winning. And he's just like, no, I'm coming back to challenge for, for podiums and wins. And I, I'm just I, like, okay, Ryan. You I mean, know? he's only going to get better, right? Right? Man, he was tough to pass. Like he does not make a mistake. <laughs> I was telling everyone, like, you have to send it to pass him like you got to do something crazy like go out on the outside or like send it into the inside and take his line away yeah because if you wait for him to make a mistake he just won't never doubt done no i know he was obviously he was my team owner at one point at guy oh that's which right, is, which is right. Crazy. Yeah. i wanted to go up to him and talk to him but like <laughs> i'm also racing him so yeah. i don't i don't really i didn't really know what to do i think he was he has his game face on i do count on him getting better i'm gonna do every my everything in my power to not let him beat me but i feel like he is one of the guys though that is super um for how good he was i feel like he is underrated i had him at eight people were blowing him up saying he was gonna get third my my first instinct was well that's a really big insult to the guys who've been racing for the last six years you know that you're gonna that he's just gonna come in and blend in yep 
Well, he did. He's an he's been an anomaly his whole career. Let's be honest. You know, he Roger yep. picks him out of the B class. He goes out and wins immediately. Yeah. As a rookie, as a rookie four fifty rider, he wins a national and a Supercross title in the same season. And you know, the stats that I saw Kellen post, what four four times he's missed the top ten out of seventy nine stars. Something like that. Yeah. Oh wait, no, top five. I think he's never missed. He's never been outside. the he's top He's never 10 been outside the top five outside of a, a crash like at Lakewood or whatever. Like yeah, two DNF, two yeah. DNFs. He's right. and he's still got top ten overall. And he's had like, I think he's missed the top five overall four times, and he was on the podium what two, I guess, season and a half or almost two seasons straight. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just and he just keeps it going six years later. Uh, Tommy, so there's a lot of, to take from from the different pieces of audio from the different guests, but the thing that like really stood out to me was Debo's thought. What he said was like going into this, like I, I thought it was almost disrespectful to the guys that have been racing to say that Ryan could get third, and I was one of those guys. Probably always have been one of those guys that somewhat doubts Dungey for some reason. Like, there's something about the guy. Probably is just his personality being so kind of mild mannered. I'm like, yeah, it's just you know maybe the competition wasn't as good. Or like, I never give him the credit he deserves. I really don't. And I felt the same way. Like, how is he going to beat Jason Anderson and Eli Tomac and Dylan Ferrandis and Christian Craig and you know Chase X? No way. But, and, and okay, he didn't beat all those guys, and there was circumstances of maybe reasons he didn't beat those guys, some of the, or the reason he did beat some of those guys, but it really doesn't matter. He does what he does. He's consistent, and you just can always count on him to be right there, and I need to give him the credit, man. He's one of the greatest riders of all time, and he deserves more credit than I was giving him. Yeah, you're totally correct with that. He He's not going to come in half-ass he's gonna come in prepared and what's scary like i said before for all the other guys is he's only gonna get better i'm sure paula and Tangtown are not his favorite tracks so <laughs> that's true too once, yeah once we get to you know millville red but southwick you know just hammerhead motos it's it's scary you know it's <laughs> Gonna be scary for those dudes, man. That yeah. he's he's a you know he's like you ever see that movie Sea Biscuit? The <laughs> I horse. Haven't, I have not seen it, but I know what it is. That he should get that on Fox should put that on the back of his pants. <laughs> he is freaking Sea Biscuit, man. Okay, Sea Biscuit. Sea Biscuit Dungey. He is. Uh. He, he's not coming in. You know, like you said, he's not coming in to ride around 10th. You yeah. Know? And two top fives, maybe a third if something went right or wrong. But he's a, he's going to be there. He's done his whole career. And more motos, more confidence. I agree. I, I, I agree with the he's only going to get better. And I, I'm just... It's hard to wrap my brain around Cody that he was as good as he was after six years off. I mean, every rider, even Logan's like, you know, Logan's obviously never been at quite that level, but he's like, dude, if I miss a couple days riding, it takes a minute to get it, figure it all out. And we see that time, anytime somebody's injured and they're out for a bit, uh, like yeah. it takes a while to get back up speed and at a race speed, not just going to the track and ripping motos, but like actual race pace. For Two third, different categories yeah, right there. Absolutely unreal, Cody. Uh, I mean, the guy, and, and what Christian said about him, like, 
we know how good Christian is, how his technique is, how good Christian looks on a bike. And when he's like, dude, the dude just doesn't make mistakes. Like that's, it's just further solidifies how good Ryan is. I loved all the commentary Monday night. What'd you think? Yeah, it's, um, I, th- I mean, I thought all those guys had valid, valid points too. Yeah. But what, if you think, think about it, kind of what Tommy said too, the three tracks that stand out in my mind right before he said that, I thought, Obviously, Millville, Redbud, Southwick. If you remember the Southwick race where, you know, he, he didn't even make it to the line, but caught all the way up through the pack. I was there. You know, those, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. It just wait till we get there. And then yeah. also think about this, too. It's not like, you know, Villapoto did, you know, Monster Cup here and there, or he did some 125 Dream races. Dungey literally hasn't done a real, you know, race gate drop that I'm aware of at all until this weekend in six years. Like he's not, he's not here in Minnesota, like right next to me. He's not here doing local races. He's maybe doing a little riding, but he's not doing real race. And he's in the mix yeah. already. So yeah, just wait till he gets warmed up. Yeah. D- Debo said, you know, he's an, like an anomaly, right? Like even coming out of the B class, like no, everyone's like, what? Who's this Ryan Dungey guy? Why? Why is uh, DeCoster even taking a chance on this kid? And uh, man, right, right. He has constantly proved people wrong, and then he doesn't his even whole, have an, his whole career. Yeah, and his he whole doesn't. Career. He doesn't even have an ego about it. He's just like, yeah, all shucks, you know. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great, shucks, dude. Yeah. Good for Dungey, man. I, I'm impressed, and it really adds another level of excitement for the season to see what he can do. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be good. Another s- question that got asked a couple times Monday night, Steve asked a few people it, who you were more impressed by, uh, Jet Lawrence or Chase Sexton Monday or Sunday at, Saturday at Paula. Um, Cody, like for me, I feel like it was, I wasn't more impressed by either one. I kind of expected both of those guys to be winners, honestly. I think Chase was one of the guys that I said I thought probably would win. Uh, not necessarily definitely going to win, but so I'm not really more impressed by either one. They both did what I expected. Were you more impressed by one or the other? Uh, and I actually have this in my notes too, because it sounded like more people said chase than anything. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would have to agree though. Chase is like, you know, he, he's, you know, he had a rough supercross season, but he'd have some highlights and to go one, one, in kind of a dominating fashion. Yeah, Roxton gave a little run there at, at the end of the second moto. Um, to go 1-1, one, one, I could have seen him going like a 3-1 or a 1-3 or something. Okay. But to come out and go 1-1, one, one, that's impressive. And, if, and, yeah, if we're just comparing it to Lawrence, like defending champ, Supercross title, the kid's kind of in a league of his own. Yeah, I got I to gotta throw that one to Sexton. Okay, Tommy, how about you? Because I, I was like, usually these kind of questions from Steve, I, I really like, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't think either one's, I think they're both impressive, but for me, they were both sort of expected. Maybe I was giving more credit to Chase than anybody else, but uh, what about you, man? Were you impressed? Or even, I mean, maybe you're impressed by Jet. I mean, what do you think? Neither. Okay. I mean, I, I was impressed, you know, like, I, I, I felt like those two were, Jet was supposed to win. Yeah. Chase has the speed to win on it any day. I was impressed with how Kenny hung tough. You know, I'm a Kenny fan. I want him 
I want him to finish out a season strong to see what happens. And then I was also really impressed with Joe Shimoda. You know, Mm. that kid had had a hell of a Supercross season and to go, you know, three, three, that was good for him, you know, but like Chase, you're just watching, you're just, you're just watching history, I think. You know, yeah, I think we've all been expecting it, so maybe you know to come eventually. So that's why I wasn't super surprised. I do kind of like what you said about, um, well, about Joe for one, because yeah, I think Joe was very impressive. And but your your comment on Kenny, though, I want to touch on that because that was actually my next thing in my my notes. I have that you know they weren't ready to make a proclamation on Ken being back or whatever, uh, and and I was not surprised by Paula. Paula Kenny Ken Roxon because he does that a lot, right? He'll come out and win Anaheim. He'll yeah. have a really good start of the season, and then it falls off. So if this continues four weeks from now, three four weeks from now, then I will be more surprised. But I, I, I you know, when you're a Kenny fan, you just yeah, you want anybody wants the best for the guy. He's a good dude. I just am not. I'm I'm right there with Steve and the guys. I'm not ready to lock in that he's fine. I I think once the heat hits him, once they get east. That's when I'll be more like, oh, okay, maybe he's okay, or maybe he's not okay. Yeah, wait a couple more, see what the you know the weather does when we come it's back. This Lakewood, way. yeah, let's get to Lakewood with some elevation. Yeah, yep, or even Southwick, Hot oh, yeah. Falls, you know, yeah, in yeah. July, you know. Um, but like that guy's been through hell and back about eighteen times. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just got that that soft spot on my heart for that guy. Um, he 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 could have quit years ago and probably been okay surfing and <laughs> hanging out, you know. Sure. But yeah, he's he's coming back, and you know he's look damn good, you know. Yeah, he wants to prove himself, as Steve always likes to say about riders. He's got millions of dollars in the bank. He's probably fine. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he probably... Steve loves to count other people's money, <laughs> He right? damn sure does. But, yeah, he he <laughs> wants to... Cody, he wants to prove himself, uh, you know, and uh, I actually have some notes in my... for the, At the end of the show, to talk more about this, where Debo talked about his his personality or the way he came into the season with his Instagram post. We'll get to that eventually. But sure. what I want to ask you, Cody, is... You know, everybody pretty much seems to agree. You can't really base anything that's going to happen the rest of the season off the opening round. Paul is a different track. Uh, we always see weird things at round one of either of the series. I, I do tend to agree with that to some degree with Steve's comments and JT and Weeds on the review show. But I also feel like there's some things we can take away from this. Obviously, Jet's going to be un, unreal. Hunter's going to be right there. But... I, I think that Chase, which was a question throughout the show, can he continue to do this? I do. I think Chase is Chase is going to be good all year, in my opinion. I think I can take that away from Paula. And I think Jason Anderson is going to be much, much better. But what do you think, man? Is is the results from round one can't is is there anything does it matter? Do they matter? Yeah. Well Chase it, oh, Chase has sorry. the red plate. Okay. How about you, Cody? Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say the, you know, normally I, I would totally agree with you. Round okay. one, California, Pala, it's, it, uh, it's, it's his own deal, you know, and even when it's the last round, it still seems like goofy things happen there. Like, it, so 
But for some reason, I feel like, yeah, Dungey's going to get better. Uh, Justin Cooper's probably going to get better. There's a I hope so. Jason, An- Jason Anderson's going to get better, as uh, maybe in the later in the show you're going to bring this up. But Steve keeps – I feel like Steve brought up Jason Anderson a lot in the last few shows. But uh, I, you know, so those guys, I feel like are going to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that Sexton's going to go away. Um, I think Craig is going to be consistent. Um, Hunter and Joe, I mean, the guys you saw up front are going to consistently be up front, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Uh, before we move on, I got to tell you guys about Seal Savers. For 22 years, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the first and original fork seal protection that protects your forks from dirt, dust, rocks, sand, and mud. Seal Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of the easy-to-install Zip-On Seal Savers. Not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for the performance of your side-by-side and your mountain bike. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection, so enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. I had a set of uh, Seal Savers for my new Blue Crew, so keeping those things protected so I don't have to change out fork seals because I don't like working on forks. I don't like working on bikes, period. I just like them to work all the time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of Christian Craig and his consistency, he's back on the show. I want to ask you guys this real quick. Um, Paige said something to me recently when I was doing an article and I asked for her some content. She's like, oh, I, I think I'm going to pass this time. Everybody's just sick of us. Everybody's sick of hearing about Chris, the Craig family. Um, I want to ask you guys, Cody, first, I mean, do you get, is there too much Christian Craig talk? Kind of like maybe there's too much Jet Lawrence talk. Uh, what do you think? Or, has Christian been on nah. too much? No, I don't think so. I think a couple of those, uh, you know, those features in Supercross got a little, I mean, maybe they were going a little in depth with it and it was kind of the same story over and over, but uh, I don't think so. I mean, the guy's winning. Same thing with Jet. The guy's winning. Like, that's who we're going to talk about. If others want to get talked about, they either need to go the Carnal route and do some OnlyFans stuff or they. <laughs> They need to be winning. I, okay. I mean, like that's that. I mean, people can't be mad about that. So, in my opinion, no, I don't mind hearing that story. The guys are having success, and their stories should be told. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic story, and that's yeah, that's what we need. And when it comes to media, how about you, Tommy? Uh, too much Craig talk? Um, I'm like fifty fifty on it. Uh, I, mean, I had a feeling you would be. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, I want a title. You know, he's. Injuries, this and that. My only gripe is I don't. I'm not even gonna say it. No, no, you got to say it now. Come on, man. I feel like on the 250 podium, the riders shouldn't have kids. Really? That's all okay. I'm saying. All right. Well, people. Yeah, people didn't like. Uh, was it Justin Cooper brought his dog up? So people had some people had a problem with that. Uh, man. Okay. Trying to decide. I'm from I'm from the old school right, where right. that class you do your time you move up. I think if you're old enough to have kids, you shouldn't be racing in the <laughs> 250 class. That's all me. Okay, fair enough. Well, we're gonna That's, talk. Go ahead. We're gonna talk about Christian Craig because he uh he went three three for third overall at Bola. Go ahead. Cut and he should bring his kid up on the podium on a 450 podium. Okay. All right. All right. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Um, three, three for third overall at Paula, his first MX podium overall guys. I didn't know that either. That was pretty insightful to me. I'm glad they brought that up Monday night. 
Um, Steve Mathis told him that he was impressed with the ride. Uh, Third, the third and second moto, and, and or Christian talked about, hey, that, that third and the second moto, Cody, and, and Eli was coming, you know, and he held his own, man. He he didn't break down, you know. He didn't just let him go. Uh, he really wanted, he, like he even said, Christian was like, hey, I, I still knew I had third overall if Eli got me, but I just didn't want him to get me. I, I like that. I like that he didn't just let him go. He still wanted to fight through yeah. for that final moto at Paul. Like, that's that, that shows a lot to me, Cody. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think the pressure's off of him too right now. So he said that, yeah, kind of like, yeah, I got nothing to lose. I I, I want to get three three. Um, you know, well, you know, obviously we'll see once Tomac gets rolling here. Um, you know, once the bike setups up or, or or whatever their their issue was, how that'll actually go. But to to yeah, not have you know any holdbacks, I think was probably the best you know solution for Christian Craig. Yeah, he, he mentioned that, Cody. You, he said, hey, I, I signed my deal, basically. Uh, you know, he's going to Husky. Uh, I'm, he's like, I'm not really a title threat this year. Like, there's no pressure, no no stress. And, and I think Christian is a guy, you know, we know that uh, Connor Fields helps him with the mental game a little bit. I think Christian is a guy that when there's a lot going on, like he gets he gets a little bit of pressure, Tommy, and he talked about that. Let's listen to this audio of what he said about being relieved – and how leading up to the Supercross Championship was affecting him. I think I'm just uh, relieved after that that Supercross Championship. Like from January to May, it was just like one big tense moment. But it's a lot of pressure, and every day during like during the week, you have to like be extra careful. You don't dab your foot or do right. something stupid, right? And uh, that all is like takes a toll on you. And so when I finally wrapped it up in Salt Lake, it was like just a big exhale. This week I was so like relaxed. I'm I'm not sure what it was. I think I'm just in such a good spot, like mentally and physically, that I just believe and and know you know whatever happens. Like I know I can I know where I belong. And right. uh, it was cool to like put that together though. So Tommy, yeah, him admitting that, like I think we all kind of sense that sometimes pressure got to Christian, but he he pretty much you know really did admit how difficult it was leading up to that, and and I don't think that's a, a good thing really, right? At this level, a lot of the other riders will tell you, you know, like hey, when you have the championship on the line and even the final round, you can't ride different. You have to ride the way you always do, or shit happens. Shit goes wrong right. because you're not putting your full effort in, or not or your full. Um, concentration in and that kind of bummed me out a little bit when christian said that monday night because it's like wow it really did get to you on the other hand i feel like i'd be that guy too i think i would be thinking about it and that's why i'm not a champion uh what are your thoughts on the pressure and the way it got to christian and him being pretty honest about it the pressure i would say every champion you know goes through that that week leading up to the last race you know, yeah. I don't want to dab my dab my foot in this turn, this turn. But the bottom line is, after that race, he's cashing a check for five hundred thousand dollars. He's got a two year deal with supposedly Husky. Yep, life is good for Christian Craig right now. So that's where I feel like you could see his results, probably from. This weekend show, mm, yeah, sure, no, sure. no pressure. He, it's not a contract year because he got his contract already. He won 
the one championship he's been trying for for 27 years <laughs> to to get he got it life is good for christian craig i think he's got it a beautiful, is beautiful family yeah three kids he, he on just the podium. kicked ass at, at his home national track and he's got a nice bonus check in the in the bank uh, i dig it i dig it yeah christian yeah he's doing well he's he's happy uh, I think the pressure is off, so maybe we will see. Maybe we'll see some really impressive rides. You continue to see some impressive rides this yeah, this, yeah. this summer. I hope. Uh, the other thing with him that I, I found kind of like it made me giggle a little bit, guys. Monday night was when Steve said, "Hey, you know, do you post race? You talk to Eli a little bit, see how he's feeling, and, and let's listen to that and see what you guys think." Uh, do you talk much to Eli after the race uh, or anything? Did you guys compare notes? How was he? Uh... He was uh, talking to the team, and I was like, hey, like that was a pretty fun battle. He's like, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know that's not the position you want to yeah. be in, and I know you expect to be winning, but uh, I had fun. <laughs> and so that was pretty much it. I think he was um, dealing with a little bit of bike setup and wasn't fully comfortable. And right. so I, I mean, obviously, that wasn't the best Eli out there. Uh, before I ask you, Cody, I, I will say I talked to his mechanic, to Eli's mechanic yesterday, uh, just for a minute, Jelly, Josh Ellingson, and uh, I think Eli is okay. I think it was uh, actual bike stuff, so I don't think that was all BS. It sounds like Josh fully expects him to be back and ready to win next weekend, so or this coming weekend. So uh, just just a little update from what I got anyway. That may not be the case, but... Um, I, I I was laughing at this when it happened Monday night, Cody, just because like Christian's little giggle, you, you can almost put yourself in his shoes of like, oh, well, yeah, I kind of did, but it wasn't really the, the happiest. And I think what that shows is the difference in a guy that has the pressure, Eli, expected to win, wants to win, expects to win, and a guy like Christian who's like, man, I would pretty like Tommy just said I'm in a good place right now I'm not expected to win I'm not a, a title threat I'm just comfortable having a ride and he's like afterwards hey man how's the day Eli not so good uh I think it's just funny the difference in uh the mentality of the, where their headspace is post-race because both of them rode I mean yeah Eli didn't win but like he didn't get 10th either you know it wasn't the worst he could have right, done he started right. out started out the season decent like it's not that bad he's not in that big of a hole but, you know, for a guy like Eli, it's not good enough, Cody. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, – I also think what, you know, Steve kind of led into that with a little – knowing that that, that was kind of going to be the funny thing because, A, um, you know, Eli is not Mr. Talkative in general to, to teammates or anything else, right? And But he has been this um, year, though. Yeah, he. I guess you're right. He has been better with that, but um, – you know, I think he knew that Eli probably wasn't happy with that result. Right. Um, and and also, you know, it is a good sign to see that Eli did better. The second moto was catching up. So, yeah, it obviously the knee isn't bothering him as bad as we probably all were thinking that's the issue. And maybe they made a better bike adjustment for the second moto. But yeah, but yeah exactly like you said, one guy's headspace is. I'm pumped I got third, and this is, you know, all's great in the world, and the other guy's head faces, I should be winning this thing. Right. Tommy, uh, yeah, t- funny, a funny moment in the show, but, again, like it just shows the differences of where those guys are at. Yeah. He, he's all pumped, but Eli's like, man, my bike felt like crap. <laughs> right, know? and, and like, it is kind of funny that, like, I think what Cody just said, like, 
Steve didn't say, hey, did you talk to the team? Did you talk to, uh, you know, Levi or, or uh, Romano? No, he's like, hey, did you talk to Eli? Like, I think you, Cody might have been right. Like, he kind of, Steve kind of let in knowing it was going to be funny. Yeah, 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 definitely. That was because he knew he was struggling on the bike and then probably get a good, you know, to answer question, you know, out of them. <laughs> right. You know, hey, it's great, whatever. But yeah. it, it kind of bait, baited him in on that one, I feel. I think so. Yeah, that's good stuff. Steve, Steve knows what Steve knows what he's doing. That's for sure. Uh, oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I mean, Christian might be in a better mood just because, you know, Steve asked him, like, you know, what'd you do after the championship? How'd you celebrate? He's like, yeah, two days of crap food. That's yeah. my jam right there, man. I'm an ice cream and <laughs> junk food kind of guy. So I was like, only two days? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, if I had all the talent in the world to ride a dirt bike, I don't think that I would be willing to do what those guys do because I need my sweet tea and my Coke and my ice cream and yeah, you know, my chocolate and steak and French fries. I, I'm just, I'm not designed to be a championship athlete, boys. <laughs> hey, well, look at John Daly, man. He drinks yeah. 12 <laughs> Miller Lights and kills it out there. Yeah, you know? I guess maybe I yep, should take up exactly. golf. That's true. Living on, living on talent. <laughs> uh, how about the Mav TV discussion? A lot of blow up on on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Of People course, people need to relax, man. That's what I, I wanted to see. What you guys thought? Because I was again, I was at my buddy's place riding, but I was kind of glancing at social media, trying not to because I didn't want to know who was winning. But I was in one of my group texts. Everybody was just throwing a fit. Why am I paying for this? And I sort of found myself going, "Oh, that's bullshit. It's not working. Yeah. Why are there commercials?" I was a little bit frustrated. And then I, I remember I was sitting back in the lawn chair at my buddy's shop, and I was like, you know what? They're, this isn't, they're going to fix this. This is something that there has yeah. to be a reason. I don't know the details yet. I need to calm down. Let's give them an extra week. So when they talk about it, and they kind of, you know, and I know a lot of people, Cody, are like, oh, Steve's on the payroll with Mav now. He's not going to badmouth them. You know, and I, I disagree with that. I think if there's a legit problem, Steve will say. Uh, he, he, he called them out, you know? Yeah. Saying wow. it needs to be better. You know, and listen, it's seven bucks a month. You get screwed one weekend with some commercials. Come on, you know, live with it. That's it. That's Hopefully. what I, I like to go back to what Steve has said many times. Like, you know, it wasn't that long ago where you would have to wait a week to watch it or you'd have to scroll through. Fuck, I mean, as a kid, you know, you're looking at the TV guide going. Dude, I yeah. used to call one nine, 900 pro race uh, yeah, to get yeah, the results. Yeah. And then okay. wait a week. And then wait a week. Or more. Yeah. Then, then couldn't wait for cycle news to come. Yeah, and at midnight or 1 a.m., Jerry Bernardo he's, would be announcing the highlights of Moto 1 right, yeah. or, or, you know, Heat 1. And, yeah, so even if there was commercials, like, all right, we have it so much better than we used to have it. And, but my, my thing is, though, I love the fact that they got it figured out. Math TV did a really good job of saying, okay, hey, we know there's a problem. We're going to give it to you free on YouTube, which upset other people because they think, well, why would I pay for it if it's going to be free on YouTube? But no, they fixed the problem for one week knowing it was a problem. And I have to give respect to Math for that, man. Uh, I think they obviously care about the package and the fans enough that they were like, we're fixing it on the fly, yeah. giving you an option. Cody, I think that's good. I think that bids well for the future of the sport on Mav TV, at least this season, that they 
they seem to care enough to to try to fix the problem. Yeah, I think them offering that solution of hey, it's like that was like their band aid of hey, yeah. let's get let's get all the you know punching of punching bag of us off of us for a minute. We're gonna get this fixed, and we're, this is all new to us. As JT brought up, you know, a bunch of times, like things things weren't as as planned as as he thought they were gonna be. Um, and just, you know, they're going to fix it. They're going to go through it. And I think if Steve was on the payroll that bad about it, he wouldn't have even brought it up, you know, and he did, you know, he brought it up multiple times. So, um, kudos to him for not being afraid to, you know, to say, Hey, you know, this is an issue and they're going to fix it. He never has been afraid to do that. Tommy, uh, the the Mav TV money too though he he mentioned you know hey we have the Mav he was talking when Cheyenne Harmon called in he's like hey we have Mav TV money money's no object I'm gonna fly you in and the first thing I'm thinking is like whoa what about me bro like yeah I, man it's time for me to be in studio again let's go if there's Mav TV money yeah. put me up at a fancy hotel yeah, on the yeah, strip dark side yeah yeah let's I'll get that done I'll be your agent man do it I need it I need it thank you uh, ask, yeah ask, next time you ask. Uh, see Travis Preston. Ask him <laughs> all the great deals I got for him. I'll do it. I didn't get the talk. I was hoping TP was going to come up to Kiefer's when I was out there. Uh, they were definitely. Heather was texting with his with Allie, his his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, get him up Saturday. But they they had a bunch of kid baseball games for kids and stuff. So didn't get to hang out with TP. But uh, maybe next time. Me me and TP go back way way back, and that Supercross championship he has yeah. is. Twenty-five percent me, fifty percent my brother. Okay, oh, twenty-five percent Travis. I love this. Tommy's awesome. I love this, Tommy. Uh, well, he'll tell you. He'll tell you too. And I still got that piece of shit two thousand two uh, championship uh, hat in my uh, closet. <laughs> That's so great. That's me, great. Me, my mom, and my best friend flew out. We surprised my brother and Travis when he went for the championship in Salt Lake City. Yeah. It was it was awesome. That's and great. He, Steve needs to get you in studio. Was, what's that? Steve needs to get you in studio. Dude, gold. I got stories up. Oh, I got stories. I dig it. All right. Hey, <laughs> speaking of, well, I didn't speak of, but speaking of uh, callers, Monday night, Randy Richardson called in. And you guys know all about the Michelin motorcycle cross motorcycle tires, the Star Cross Sixes from the Pulp Mix Show, and I'm excited to announce once again that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp Mix Wrap Up Show. In eight, nice. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill. Visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of uh, bicycle products, including the Wild Enduro, the E-Wild Tire, the the 20-inch BMX Pilot, or any of the road models, all available, bike.michelin.com. And Randy, like, like I said, called in Monday night to talk about the uh, summer savings program they've got going on. You guys, go to your local dealership or go to any online retailer, most online retailers, buy a set of Michelin's, from those dealerships or those retailers. And if you buy a, you get a $50 cash back visa card. If you buy uh, an on-road tire or a set of on-road tires, excuse me. And if you buy off-road motocross or even bicycle tire, scooter tires, you can get a $30 back 
Uh, $30 back on a Visa gift card from those guys June 1st through today through June 30th. So, yeah, man, go to uh, motorsport.com. They're a sp- uh, supporter of this wrap-up show. Get you some Michelins. I have the Starcross 6s on my 252 stroke. I also just got in a set of Starcross 6s for my Honda 450 that Randy mentioned. He, he told me he was going to send me Steve's tires because Steve doesn't ride anymore, so I got his tires. <laughs> so I have two beautiful sets of the Starcross 6s, and they are good. I rode Saturday on my two-stroke for about an hour and a half at my buddy's place. This thing's hooked up in the East Texas dirt. They hooked up in the high des. They hooked up on Glen Helen at Paula. Hell, dude, I almost pulled a short hole shot at, at Paula. Tires are that, good. Good job. Yeah, hopefully you didn't see I'll, the. I'll even, I'll even add to your little Michelin commercial. Yeah, do it. Back in the day, I had factory tires from my brother. Okay. Any tire I wanted. Yeah. I bought a Michelin front tire. I loved it so much. They're Meanwhile, good. I had spec tires. In my garage, 25 high, any tire I wanted. But I love that Michelin front tire so much. That's what I ran. That's so, cool. Well, Michelin.com. You, you could have got into the Michelin ride day with one, but you could not get your gift <laughs> card gift card back with only one. You got to buy a set. So That's ah, okay. <laughs> Thanks to Randy. Though. Oh, yeah, that, I, I love that tire. I think it was yeah. the 30. It was a long time ago, but well, the Starcross sixes would, are the tire now, and they are this. This good. was this was in like two thousand two, three, four. Sure. But yeah, I had one race off spec tires, and you know, obviously, I used them in the for my rear tire. Yeah, but I the the grip, the feel I had on that Michelin, I loved. You loved it. I love mine. Uh, like I said, the, I always got a whole shot first moto, not so much. We won't talk about the first moto. They're not always perfect. Uh, all right. Hey, about this, guys? How about this? The Paula 450 winner, Chase Sexton, was on Monday night. Uh, Chase is another good guest, I think. He's pretty open. He's he's young kid. We already talked about a little, you know, a little bit about him, what we thought he was going to do. He talked about the race, battling with Ken, uh, racing against Dungey, a few other topics. So I kind of just threw together a compilation of his call Monday night. Let's listen. Crossing the finish line after that was, it was crazy. I've obviously won outdoors before, but I've never won both motos and qualified fastest both practices. Did you think, like, hey, I can win this weekend? This is the best I've ever felt on outdoors. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know what. Um, I don't know what it is. I just felt really good on the bike. You're racing guys like, obviously, Kenny and Eli and those guys. They don't, they don't, they don't back off towards the end. So you got to keep going. And and also too impressive, Chasey went one one after you dive bombed your teammate like that. Good God! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how well, you. Which one, I don't. Which one was it? It was the one before the finish line. I went to go make a pass, but he. I kind of made like a fake pass the lap before. Yeah. And I think he saw me there, and so he dove to the inside. I was already coming on the gas, so I hit him. Yeah. Not obviously trying to run him over, but the the one off the jump. That was not on purpose. He so, he's so fast at the beginning of the races that even the second moto. I was like, I was almost expecting him to pass me because he's one, his line choice is really good, and two, he's obviously really good at early laps. So I actually learned from a lot of his lines and mm-hmm. was able to pick up on that, and that's what helped me towards the end. When I can ride the bike how I want to, like easier is kind of what I was looking for. And at being at Rat Trace, this track is really rough, and 
um, kind of more like a GP style track. So super good testing and it was softer dirt. And something that I really struggle on was, is sand. So the test in that, and then also have the clay there was really good for me. Um, so then after that, I did my motos, like I said, and I came in here last week to Paul press day and felt super, super good. So coming into the weekend, I kind of had my, my eyes set on winning. The way you were walking up to the, to get to the gate and to your bike, it was like full gear goggles on. It's like RoboCop coming in. <laughs> Cody. So, uh, yeah, a few different things that Chase talked about Monday night, but, uh, I think, what I'm taking away from this is something that we already sort of talked about on this wrap up show was he's going to be better in my opinion this year than he's been like he, his mindset seems to be different. He says it's the best he's ever felt. Of course we always hear that. Uh, they always say that, but this, his discussion of being at rat race and, you know, working on sandier tracks that maybe he's, he said he's not as good at, like he's working on the things that he's had problems with in the past. Hopefully he can kind of figure out those little mistakes he makes, but I, I think everything he said Monday night leads me to believe or to kind of go down the road right now that he might be one of the top two guys. Like I'm going to put him in the top two um, over Kenny. And like to me, Jason and Chase are the guys right now. I know we don't really know what Jason's going to do, but that's that's kind of my pick at the beginning of the season, and Chase is right there for me. Yeah, I I, I agree with you totally. He, he Chase seems like the type that needs to – you know, because no, no one's really at Rat Race right or te- Rat Race right now because it's it's just him doing his own thing with yeah. his dad, and and I feel like when he's off on his own doing his thing, it's like when he's at his best or when he's getting better. Um, the whole thing with Stewart, like he he, it seemed like he gained some speed, but he got a little wild with it. Which yeah, yeah. Maybe is to be maybe that's to be expected. <laughs> You know, um, I kind of think, yeah, moving off on his own, doing his thing and just kind of working with his dad. Um, Yeah, I kind of I watched Chase kind of grow up. He did like regionals and stuff like that around us. So we would see him and it would be him and his dad and his family. And like those they were like the go to team um, together. So those two working together again like that, I think, yeah, you're going to see him do good. Now, do I also see like a goofy moto here and there? Probably, but they're probably everyone's going to have one of those. So if he can just keep it together, uh, better than normal, I, I think he's going to be there all the way till the end. Yeah, you mentioned his dad. I love him giving credit to his dad when he was a kid. You know, out there with like the getting dark and, and working. You got to get this corner right. You got to you, yep. you got to do it so many times. And it sounds like the Ricky Carmichael, Jeannie Carmichael thing, right? Yeah, you're not done yet. You yep. didn't do it enough times. Yep. Perfect. And I really dug him doing that, uh, Tommy. The other th- this this other thing that I thought was kind of cool was uh, T Dags was like, dude, when you walked up to the line looking like Robocop, like his the, he basically was saying, you have the attitude now, like you're like I'm the man, uh, you know. That's what I was taking from his comments. Like you look like a bad mother effer. Like you had no worries. You were like you were focused. That's what I took away from that comment, and that also adds to we know how these guys are, right? When we talk about the James Stewart races or the McGrath races and like, dude, I knew I had him beat before I got there. And I kind of feel like chases might be in that spot. If I'm looking through Tyler Medallia's eyes, like chase was like, shit, I'm here, dude. I, I'm, I'm not here for anything else, but to dominate. That walk up to the line. Yeah. The race was over. That's kind right of, there. yeah. Yeah. That is James Stewart taking off all his tear off. <laughs> 
<laughs> at the game. Dang, I'm not gonna need these. <laughs> okay. That walk walked him to a one-one. He had it. He he knew it. It just it. it Simple, simple. Yeah, I think simple. that's exactly what I took away from it. And Chase certainly didn't deny it. He was just hopefully, kind of. Hopefully in Hangtown, he fucking pulls all his tarot stuff <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can get him to do that. I should, yeah, maybe I'll, send him a, I'll send him a text and be like, hey, here's the move. Uh, Bubba, Bubba did it. Yeah, right? Yep. Uh, I won't need these. Uh, okay. I won't need these. So going, yeah. going yeah. back to Monday night, Steve being the guy that he is like, Hey man, going into this, you know, we didn't really talk about you as a title threat. And I love Chase's response. Let's listen. We talk title and we talk about Ferrandis and this was before he got injured and Eli's Eli, right. And Kenny's a two-time champion. He's a question mark. I mean, myself included chase. We're like, yeah, chase can win races, but we didn't talk much about a title for you. And, and yes. you know, I mean, yes. what you, you agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I was aware. I was aware of it. I, I didn't, not so much you, but like even just like I didn't feel like I was really uh, someone they were looking at to be a contender. Yeah, which I mean is fair enough. I haven't showed great consistency this I don't know last two years. So, um, but I actually coming like I said, I was feeling confident, ready to go. Uh, I put myself in that kind of um, category, so I don't blame you guys for it. But yeah, um, I definitely noticed it. So Tommy one. Good for Steve, as he always does, for being like, yeah, man, I, I didn't think you had this. Like, he, he doesn't kiss people's asses often. No. Definitely fairies, you know, a few other guys. But, like, he is willing to say, hey, man, I didn't think you were there or I thought you did this wrong. Like, he, you can't ever take that away from Steve. But this yeah, is another this is another piece of the puzzle from Monday night where I go, he might be the guy. Because he's like, yeah, yeah, I was aware. Yep, and I put myself in that position. Like, one, you, I, I understand why you felt that way, why you guys maybe didn't give me the credit, but I put myself there. I, in, in my mind, I'm one of the guys, and maybe he's using this for motivation, Tommy. Yeah, it's like for him, it's going to be all show or no go, you know? He has the speed. We know that, but what happens? He crashes. But my man walked up to the, up to the <laughs> gate. Like T-Dag said, that race was over. One, done. Yeah. He keeps that. His style, his speed, his fitness, everything's there. I'm, I'm saying once he has that red plate, he might not lose it. I, I he might not lose it. I could see that. Like I would not be surprised if that happens. So I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm very. I'm more excited. You know, Honda, Honda's Honda's been around for a very, very long time. Sure. And for them to say, hey, this was two years ago. Let's put Chase Texan on a 450. They had a future. They, they had a plan. And the plan, I feel, is to become a 2022 450 outdoor champion and follow it up next year with the shit ton of supercross wins i definitely agree with you that's what they need that's what they want and uh chase is capable we're gonna find out what happens uh what what else is capable is uh guts racing seat covers are capable of winning races guts racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company 
offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more, including some guy named Darkside. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at my Guts Racing seat cover that got mounted last night for my blue crew. Uh, nice. I'm not literally in this ad, by the way. I just threw myself in there because I'm an idiot. <laughs> If it's style performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light seat foam. Thanks to Andy Gregg for hooking me up with the seat cover for the for the Blue Crew. Uh, can't wait. Just sent off the Race Tech, the Forks to Race Tech today, and the, the Rear Shock to Race Tech today. So, man, this thing's going to be a fire breather. It's going to be handling like none other. I'm going to win lots of these races that I don't ever enter anymore. Blue crew, though. That's why. It right is, there. dude. Blue crew. Hey, when that thing, you know, and see. Hey, go ahead. I was going to say, just uh, throw in on the guts racing. I'm staring at five guts racing seat covers. Well, good I for got you. Four on my, four on my kid's bike and one on my four footy. I'm right there with you. I'll throw myself in there with you. Yeah, they're fantastic. I have one on my 06 Honda. I uh, had one on my 15 mm-hmm. Honda that I sold. I, I always reach out to Andy because yeah, they're the best in the business. And, uh, you know, Steve, Monday night, I didn't really put any of this in my notes. I was going to kind of not really even talk about my call, but Steve was like, man, you just, and Kiefer kept saying this too, like, you just don't seem that excited. And I guess that's just my personality. Uh, I am excited. I like, I love this bike. I love the way it sounds. I love riding it. I wish I was better on it than I am, but I will get there. Uh, there really is, there are no words really to completely, um, express how, Unbelievable it is that Steve Mathis and Chris Kiefer and the guys at Yamaha worked together to get me a free freaking motorcycle. Like, really, I mean, yeah, they got me to cut my hair on a live show. There was a little bit of entertainment involved in that. But really, they got nothing much out of that other than a little bit of entertainment. They did it because they're good people, and I feel like they must like me a little bit, and there's just no way for me to fully express how big of a deal that is to me. Um, I don't do a whole lot of jumping jacks and get excited, excited over things very often. Like, you know, vocally maybe, but I am, I feel blessed. I feel, uh, I just feel like it's, it's an amazing experience. So once again, Steve Mathis, Chris Kiefer, thank you so much. I am, I am very happy and I appreciate you guys a lot. I mean, guys, what, Tommy, what would you do for a free motorcycle? Cut my hair. Okay. Cody. Well, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do is uh, cut my dick off like the other guy talked about. Yeah, uh, that was ridiculous. That ain't happening. No, yeah, no. I and I don't do too much Twitter, so that and the whole Debo thing are the two things I must have missed out on. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've never had long hair, so I don't know how sentimental it is. But I'll definitely tell you if I had a ponytail, yeah, someone's going to give me a, a nine thousand dollar dirt bike. I'm all in. Well, it was sentimental to me, and I know a lot of people don't understand that, but it wasn't so exactly. sentimental that it can't grow back, you know? Like, yeah, yeah so exactly. I'm okay. It's It'll be all right. So, yeah. Uh, good good for you. Good for you, Dark Side. You deserve it. Well, thank you, man. It means a lot. Are, are you growing it back? Uh, not right now, man. I'm kind of comfortable with where it's at and with the way work's been and the heat here, humidity in East Texas. You guys know, I mean, you're, you know, uh, it's, it's been actually kind of nice. Like uh, today I was out working and fucking absolutely, I got dehydrated again cause it was so hot and I was in these rubber waders all day cause I was in this muddy asshole. And when I got Rare. done, oh, that sounded bad, muddy asshole. All right. Anyway. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, I was but like, <laughs> and I got done and I, I like got just a fucking bunch of water out of the fire hydrant and was like, just 
running it through my hair. I was so glad that it wasn't long and thick. And man, this this whole thing's going sideways. Uh, I think I'm going to keep it short for a while. That is the, uh, the what I'm trying to get at is I think I'm going to keep it short, shorter. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Run it for a while. What do you, while you do, can. Dark Side? Uh, I work for the public works department in the city I live in. So water, street, sewer, a lot of manual labor. And today we okay, were. Um, go I ahead. put gas main, natural gas in. So okay. Well, yeah, we were hydro vacuuming today, finding a bunch of our lines for somebody that's going to bore in some uh, gas mains. And it, yep. it was pretty yeah. much seven hours of just hydro vacuuming through rock and hard dirt. Yeah. And, uh, and How I was Africa. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in waders all day. So I was just. Yeah. depleted when i got done my waders were full of water just sweat uh but having the short hair was awesome so yeah there you go i we'll see how it goes um <laughs> let's talk about dustin pipe from hep motorsports i didn't pull any audio from him but i i'm a big dustin pipes fan um because of what he's done with hep for the last four and a half five years i don't remember exactly when i think uh 18 might have been Hep's first year, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, we need teams like this. We need guys like Dustin Pipe that are putting riders on the track, uh, really probably more out of the love of the sport than making millions of dollars. I'm sure Dustin's maybe, hopefully he's doing okay, but, you know, they're they're not getting rich doing what they're doing. They're doing this because they love it. And I am really excited about what's coming next year for those guys with World Supercross, AMA Supercross, Outdoors. Tommy, that's a big endeavor for a team like that. Massive props to Dustin. Yeah, Dustin Pipes, Mike Genova, all these guys, Teddy Parks, we need, if you love motocross, we need these kind of gentlemen in our sport yes, because they are giving riders jobs, mechanics jobs, truck driver jobs, and just putting more, more bikes on, on the line. Mike, Mike Genova doesn't need to be doing this. Nope. Dusty pipes doesn't need to be doing this. This is probably more of a headache than anything, but they love the sport, but we need these guys. And even if it's the smallest privateer team that had a you know ten thousand dollar title sponsor and only made it two races, that sucks. You know, sure. Um, I I have a soft spot in my heart for privateers. I we need them. We need them. We need them. We need them. Yeah. And anybody in his caliber to start a team. And build it up and build it up and build it up. It's great. And I want all those guys to benefit. I want those guys to make money eventually. But we need them to be in our sport for the long term. I agree. And Cody, like I said, him going and doing not only AMA stuff, but then trying to, to get involved with World Supercross, like he, he's doing, he's again spreading out again over different platforms more opportunities to go racing, uh, more riders. He's going to, you know, expand to a two, have a two fifty team. Probably I'm assuming one two fifty guy and a couple four fifty guys, but like just really doing a lot for the sport, man. I mean, Dustin's always a good guest. I didn't, I kind of knew he was, they were leaning towards going over world supercross. I didn't necessarily know that he was going to do outdoors as well at the same time. 
Yeah, that that uh, to me seems very aggressive. You know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. probably. I mean, how many more personnel do you have to have? You know, and then more riders. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it sounds like the World Supercross guys are are helping fund some of that. So he, uh, you know, Dustin as a you know entrepreneur is looking at it as a way to expand his platform, and that's what I've seen so much. Like, I don't really know anything really much about Dustin. But all I remember him is just being kind of the privateer going race to race. And now all of a sudden he's growing this team and it sounds like he's doing it the right way where he's obviously, you know, funding it and not going in the hole that we know of anyway. You know, he's going in the right direction, not the wrong direction. Right. So I, I, I see it as a guy on the up and up. And just like Tommy says, we need guys like that that are willing to stay on the gas with this type of stuff. Yeah, and Tommy, I don't know if you know Dustin at all, but he he's a guy, like we said, he loves the sport, but he was a racer, right? He understands how it works, but he likes to have a good time. I kind of, I, I liked at the very beginning of the interview, Steve's like, what do you think about Logan Cardinal's program? He's like, as a man, I'm stoked. But also as corporate with sponsors, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know how that would go. But, you know, in the Twisted Tea, the, the twisted tea discussion with Logan coming over, maybe having some drinks, he's like, yeah, Steve's like, hey, man, uh, well, Dylan, Dustin says, you know, you got to wait like a half hour, whatever it is, you know, whatever the rule is. <laughs> and uh, Steve's like, oh, come on, man. I've seen uh, Mitch Payton crack a few, you know. Hey, don't be a don't be a snitch, Steve. Dustin called him out. That, <laughs> that whole conversation of just OnlyFans and Twisted Tea and like, you, you know that Dustin wants to have a good time at the same time of growing the business. Right, right. And if you're Dusty Pipes, with you know twisted t and wd-40 and whoever else he got or if you're pulling revenue off of instagram models do whatever you can to build a program you know and represent your sponsors your helpers your investors just we just need every kid on the dirt bike racing supercross motocross cracking twisted tees at the end of the day enjoying it but we just need all these guys in here yeah the more the merrier and two different programs they both my can man work logan, my man logan cart uh carnal he's he's on a loose <laughs> but He's getting it done. He's getting yeah, done. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. The guy, the guy was stuck wow. in wherever with his thumb up his ass with with no bike. And after pulled, Daytona, yeah, yeah, he pulled pulled some stuff out, out of a hat, and he had one hell of a second half. You know, he and absolutely then, did. And then you got you know the HEP team. They got to do what they got to do. Team Honda needs to do what they got to do. Everybody just needs to keep going, do whatever it is, keep the bikes on the track. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, what about Steve? Also, during this conversation, Cody kind of called out Feld, Supercross, uh, like, hey, man, and this has been a discussion for years, right? They, they, they should do more for these teams. Like, look around is what he said. He said, look around and see that these teams are helping you as a business. <laughs> And that's that's a hot topic, right? That or a uh, what's maybe not a hot topic, but it's kind of a, a slippery slope 
to say stuff like that because the field guys could very easily get mad and upset and be like, well, fuck you, Steve Matthews. You're not welcome anymore. But he doesn't give a shit. He says it how it is, and he's not wrong, right? These teams, these riders, they're they're part of your package. This is part of what you're selling. Like, if you can do something to help them and make them want to come and make it easier on them, you should. The fact fact that they're still paying an entry fee. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It blows me away. It's like Patrick Mahomes going Sunday morning to the to the ticket booth and saying, all right, here's my $250 so I can play quarterback today. Right. You're that's, right. That's, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. I don't disagree. It, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's still happening. You know, I, I that well, one does. Well, blow me. Cody, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, the other examples too are like, you know, when Chad, Chad Reed had, you know, the fly 360 camera. And then the next thing, you know, we can't do that because that conflicts with this and Chad brings, you know, discount tire. And all of a sudden Feld goes to discount tire and gets them on board there. And then they lose funding and, and just all these different avenues that they either are, are robbing. They're not helping the teams. They're robbing from the team. Yeah. Yes. So Chad had a good sponsor. They took it. Look, I mean, and look yep. at look at your guy Kenny Watson right back in the day with Dodge, right? Oh, yeah. oh my God! Yeah, they would yep. still be around. Yep. Yeah, I you mean, know, I, I, I was uh, going to say yeah. like just a simple thing. Not only take like a simple thing to me would be taking away the entry fees. That's a big one. Paying them more would be great. But why not at the at the merch truck the the official Supercross merch truck let. Logan Carnell have a spot for two T-shirts, if that's what, or whatever, and a hat. Yeah, you know, let those guys not. Not only should they be allowed to sell it out of the back of their fucking van, give them a spot on the the big eighteen wheeler with all the merch. You know, like here's your Eli Tomac stuff, and at the other end, here's all your privateer stuff. Like, why not? And and Feld shouldn't get a dime of that. Like, all like we're gonna give you a spot, whether it's two foot by two foot, whatever you can fit, whatever it is. Here's your here's your spot. It's free of charge. You can put your shirts, your hats, your buttons, whatever, and yeah. all that money goes back to you. Like, I mean, yeah, support these guys, man. They're coming out and busting their butt to be a part you know, of your you know, program. Right. And he, you know what? To be honest with you, even if it's not free of charge, hey, it's going to cost you, you know, 500 bucks to have this spot to sell your merch. You're giving that guy an opportunity to make money. Like, sure. Okay, I, I can just... I can't fit everyone's merch in here. So I'm going to have to sell these spots. I sold this spot to Carnell. He has this section. He made two grand this weekend. It cost him 500 bucks. So now he made some money. You're not even giving him that type of option. Yeah. You know, good point. I, yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, there's a million different ways to do it, but in the end, someone's being, you know, greedy with all the money in their pocket. Feels that way. In NASCAR, all the top guys have merch trailers, you know? Yeah. Dale Earnhardt Sr. started this back in the eight, 80s. And they make more money. I read something where they make more money on their merch than their contracts. Wow. You know? Okay. It's, you, you go to a NASCAR race, all the top teams have a trailer just for T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, beer can, coolers, whatever. Koozies, yeah, all that, yeah. And it's it, it, it's a cash cow, you know, and it's it's just so 
Supercross is, is just, they need to, I don't know, they, they need to look outside their little box, you know? I, I, I agree with you. I think the riders, the teams, and the, and the privateers should get a, a, quite a bit more than what they're getting. Um, let's move on. We've got a couple more things to talk about before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Denny Stevenson came on. Tommy, Debo, uh, do you have a favorite moment with Debo? Uh, yes, when he endowed his face at my oh, local track in okay. 1989 as a Kawasaki <laughs> Racing Champion. I meant from Monday night, but that's that's a good story, too. How about Monday night? Anything that he said or talked about that was a highlight? Uh, he's just a... Uh, He's just a classic 1990s yeah. motocross legend, you know? But uh, I never really got to hang out with him. I um, He was a little bit older than us. Um, he's just, he, he's a fan. I like it. You know, he's yeah. a fan. Um, I agree with some of the stuff, some, some of the stuff I don't, but. Sure, he gets a little edgy. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, I have a lot of respect for him, you know. Sure. Uh but um he you know having him on the show is always good. Uh Cody, how about you, man? Anything stand out about his conversation? I do actually have one piece of audio from him, but what did you think of Denny? Uh I always I was at the Denver Supercross live show for, on Friday night a couple years ago when Denny was there. Yeah. And uh he's always entertaining. Yep. No, and I think what I've noticed with Denny uh, the last couple times he's been on, because I think he's probably been on maybe twice in the last like six months or something like that. Um, it kind of seems like he's cleaned up his, I don't want to say his act, but he's kind of cleaned up with everything he's got going on. Cause he's always been known as the wild party guy. And I think a little bit of that has slowed down for him. And you could tell in the way he talks. He's a little bit more articulate with what he says. Everything sounds a little bit more professional. Um, he goes into a little more depth with stuff, and I can appreciate that. And I, yeah. I think, you know, two years ago, he's not apologizing to, you know, Mark, you know. And for him, so the thing that did stand out to me is him stepping up without any prompting and apologizing to Mark. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think, I think over his lifespan, he's had a few – personal issues maybe that have caused some of the different personality things that we've seen. And yeah, he seems to be doing good right now. Uh, I thought he yep. was a really great guest. I enjoyed him. You know, his very brief story kind of started out with Steve asking what the guys thought of the factory Honda retro look this weekend, which I'm going to ask you guys your thoughts on that too in a second. And he kind of went in. Yeah, man, I'm a big fact fan of Honda. You know, I signed a factory Honda and with budget yeah. budget cuts, I got let go because of John Michelle bell and went to Suzuki like that. That was a kind of, that was a nice little nugget of information that not everybody knew. Um, yeah, I never knew. I never had heard that before, story before either. Yeah, that was cool. So I dug that. I, I really dug his. He, he told uh, it once before on the show. Yeah, I think I thought it, okay. Okay. I vaguely remembered yeah. it, but it refreshed. You know, it was refreshing to hear it yeah. again and yeah. a lot of new listeners. Yep. So that was cool. Uh, he also just talking about being up at Winterset, Iowa for the uh, Justin Brayton race and Meeting Phil Nicoletti, like, hey, hi, I'm Phil Nicoletti. You know, like, you can only imagine how that conversation went. So I enjoyed a lot right. of that. Uh, the audio that I have here is just him talking about something we've already touched on a few times this, this show, but what round one of the Outdoor Nationals may or may not mean, kind of what he took away from it. 
Let's not let's not take too much emphasis on round one, you know. No, no. But having said that, like Ferrandis won round one, and we were like, ah, it's round one. Weird things happen. It's Paula, and then he's sure. the champion, and then, and like Sexton isn't such an out there winner. Like he has the speed, he has the skill, he has the team, he has the 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 everything else. That this literally could be at the end of uh, twelve rounds. We could be like, yeah, Chase Sexton won the title. Like he could. Yeah, but I think overall the four fifty class was was rather un- underwhelming. You know. Um, Craig is very fast, goes fast at power. We know that. But is he a 3-3 guy every weekend? I, I don't really know if he is. You know, mm-hmm. Eli didn't have really delivered. His knee was hurt in the first moto. He looked like he dabbed it. Anderson and Barsha both started in the back of the pack. Both motos going down early. I just don't know if we saw the best of the 450 class. I, I think Anderson's flying way into the radar. I think he passed 465 riders over two motos. You know, he, he came from way back both motos. I mean, by the second moto, when he went down that second turn, when Barsha fell on him and kind of drug him to the ground in that stupid chicane second corner, that I think he had to think to himself, like, man, i got to do this again. And, you know, I don't think he had as much energy left. But if he would have started top five both motos, I think he, we would have saw him running up front with oh, Sexton yeah. and Kenny, definitely. So, Tommy... I don't really agree. I don't think the term underwhelming 450 motos was, I don't think underwhelming was the word I would have chose because I thought there was a lot of really great stuff happening. The the Kenny Sexton battle was great. Just watching timing and scoring and watching Jason and Barsha come through the pack, like that wasn't underwhelming to me. Like, I mean, but I know where he's coming from. Like, he's basically saying, like, you know, what we already talked about, you can't really take the results from Saturday and say, okay, this is how it's going to be. I think that was his point. Uh, what did you take away from that audio? Like, I definitely see Jason Anderson being much better. Top five, I agree with. Yeah, Anderson had crazy speed, you know, bad luck. But the, from the – it's always first round stuff happens. Yeah. Um, I don't know about o- overwhelming. Um, underwhelming is what he said, yeah. Uh, yeah, underwhelming. Um, I thought it was – a great race. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really agree on some of the things he had to say, but, you know, there's always next week. There, yeah, it's coming, man. We're only a few days away. The uh, Let's see, today's Wednesday, so the, the fantasy handicap should come out tomorrow, and the madness will begin all over again. <laughs> uh, hey, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And don't forget, when you go to Motorsport.com, go to PulpMexShow.com first, click on the Motorsport banner. That'll take you over there so, you know, they get get a little bit of... uh, I don't think there's really a lot of discount necessarily. Maybe there are some specials they have for PulpMX fans sometimes. But it at least shows that the pulp fans are using the the website. Help Steve to continue to get those uh, sponsorship dollars, and you can go to motorsport.com and get the the Michelin uh, Michelin motorcycle or bicycle summer savings program money back Visa card. So do that once you're done listening to the show. Love motorsport.com for all that. Uh, last couple things here, Jason Thomas, his big TV debut. Let's listen to what he had to say. Mm-hmm. This whole conversation stressed me out about as much as he was stressed out. Big TV debut for JT this weekend. Huge. Huge. He good. He looked good. All yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard cut. He smiled cut. at me. He just, smiled at you. Yeah, he did. 
So one of the criticisms he got from people on my Twitter and stuff was that he's not wasn't he wasn't happy. He wasn't smiling. I was so uh, preoccupied and nervous and had so many things going on. I couldn't hear anything out of from the producing truck. I, I had no idea where I was supposed to be and when. Um, so fantasy was on the, the back burner. We have this sheet that kind of says the rundown. And it just says, like, Jason Thomas track report or Jason Thomas stand up for 30 seconds. And that, that's it. I'm just figuring it out. And I don't know if me figuring it out is going to be good, bad, god awful. Like we're going to get our TV contract canceled. I don't know what's about to happen when the camera goes on other than I need to find a way to ramble for a certain amount of time. There's a lot of responsibility that they just trust you with. And, and I felt like it was too much. Like, yeah, you guys are over trusting me big time because I'm not confident at all. I didn't know if that it was great, terrible, you know, part of my segments, I didn't know even know if I was on camera or not. Like the camera's facing me, but I don't know if that's live or if they're showing like B-roll of the track. I found out some of those things later. So I was so like locked into what I was doing because I was so terrified of it going poorly. Um, I, I didn't have time for anything else. Uh, Cody, so I said that how it stressed me out as well because <laughs> anybody that knows me, anybody that watches or especially watches my show, Moto X Pod show, Steve, not the Pony Pod, knows that I do not multitask well. Steve's very good at that. If something is going wrong with the production side, something with a camera, something with YouTube chat, and I see my guys kind of in a panic, I then go, what, what's going on? I, I lose track of the show. So when Steve, yeah. when JT's telling the story, and he told way more detail in the review show, I'm going, yeah, I'm out. I can't. I, I, I can't have... One, I couldn't have Bondo in my ear while I'm trying to talk to begin with. Two, to have Bondo in my ear and him sound like adults on the Peanuts cartoons or yeah. and to not know when you're supposed to be going, what you're supposed to talk about. Like, so much uh, respect yeah. for what JT and all those people, all the TV personalities do, but JT being new at it at the first round and all these things going wrong, and still, I thought he did a fantastic job. So much respect, Cody. Yeah, he, he, um, and I've known JT probably for like 15 years. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's funny when they say, uh, you know, the biggest complaint was the look on his face. Well, 15 years <laughs> ago, I, I met JT at Chad Reed's house, and it was, I don't think he's aged a bit. I don't think I don't think the look on his face has changed a bit. It's the same look JC has. Once you talk to him and get to know him, he's a great guy. Yes. He cracks a smile. It's um, so it's just a new face on TV that people are seeing. But at the same time, JT is very organized. JT like is very methodical. So to not have any of that info, like him not panicking is also maybe the racer in him knowing, hey. I got to take what's coming at me and roll with it, just like a racer would have to. Yeah, good point. Um, and he did, he did a great job with that. And to give you kind of like a little example, we had our WPS sales meeting two weeks ago. Yep. And we have a giant banquet at the end that the the awards for the banquet are held like the Grammys, it seems like. And JT was the MC for the night. Okay. So he would, you know. He would do, and at the beginning, and kind of just like the show, and like he said on the review show and, and the shows prior to the event, I'm very nervous, I'm very nervous. 
he said that at the very beginning of the award like I'm very nervous so let's hope this goes well and it went off with a bang and he had one-liners and comebacks and you know jokes here and there he nailed it so maybe him just saying he's nervous is his calming effect right right it, right it, it worked it worked there and it worked on TV this weekend, so I think he did great. Yeah, he's great. I texted him and I was like, "Hey, man, I think you did a really good job. You're not anything pretty to look at, but I could get past that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, would I rather look at Kristen Beat? Uh, yes, I sure would. Yep, yep. But JT yep. did a fantastic job, and I will say, somebody reached out to me on social media today because when I called in, I was talking about, "Hey, I want a set of that new kinetic mesh," and I, I got to re kind of re uh reword what i said i do get a lot of free gear i get if i if i want something jt usually takes care of me i just generally right. don't ask for a lot of stuff right, right, right. uh i actually he did text me today and said you know and i i have a set of the the, the black gray white kinetic mesh coming it's in the mail so I, I i was more like yeah i just don't i don't get like every time something comes out i don't get a box show up at my door i'm not anywhere near that level so um just right. yeah to re Fly takes care of me very well. Um, all right, last couple things I want to talk about. So I'm going to ask both of you this. I'll go to you first, Tommy. Uh, the who do you are you most looking forward to as far as announcers? Steve asked that question. Stu was the I think the name that came up. So uh, of the other guys that are going to be in the booth with Weege, we have James Stewart, Ryan Villapoto, Jeff Emig, David Bailey, Adam Cincerillo, Damon Bradshaw, and Ricky Carmichael. Those are the names that I remember. Is there one that stands out that Tommy, you just like? Okay, I can't wait for this guy. Bailey. Okay. David Bailey. That's gonna be a good one. He's really good. Yeah. He's one of the best. You know, and I would love to hear from Stu. You know, whatever, if he shows up or not. But. <laughs> good point. Yeah. How about you, Cody? Do you have one that stands out? Um. You know, Bailey, you know, me growing up in the 90s, Bailey was the guy I, yep. I heard. So I, I, I totally have no problem wanting to hear that again. As far as wanting to hear maybe someone new, um, you know, I've spent some time with Bradshaw and I could listen to, I have all the time in the world to listen to Bradshaw talk. So he'd be good. Um, probably the one that I'd want to hear the most. But um, I guess I got to go with what Massa said, what Tommy said. If, if, if Stu shows, I got to see how that one's going to go. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go Damon Bradshaw. We know my history with Damon. Yep. David's the man. Yep. Yep. Um, I did beat Damon in a game of pool the night before I crashed his motorcycle, by the way, and that was like my highlight. Uh, <laughs> so Damon's, yeah, because I look at like Bailey, and yeah, he's great, but Bailey's done it before, right? Um, Emig's done it, did it for years with Supercross. Uh, Ricky Carmichael's doing Supercross now. You know, Stu, I'm not a fan of his speech patterns. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I'd rather watch him ride. RV might be good because, like, RV is live. RV could go into uh, I'm the greatest of all, you know, retired rider of all time uh, personality. Yeah, and we don't know what we're going to get out of RV, but Damon's my guy. That's the one I'm looking forward to. So, and yeah, Damon's yeah. Uh, part of WPS Fly Racing now, man. Yeah, so you get to see him a lot. You know yeah, who's he's gonna a be few ride, who's, few ride days. Yeah, go ahead, Tommy. You know who's sneaky good? Who's that? A- AC. Oh yeah, I didn't mention him. He is fantastic. But yeah, if, he, yeah. If, if uh, the motorcycle uh, racing that you know stops in the near future, you know, 
he he's good. He is he's very good. Yeah, very good. He you did know? some stuff in Minneapolis and Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah he's sneaky good and absolutely. Like, he'll he'll only get better. All right, last thing I got for you guys. Uh, I sent you guys a text as longtime Pulp fans. Tommy, I'm going to go to you first. Favorite co-host of all time? Kenny Watson. Kenny Watson. Uh, Cody, favorite co-host of all time? And it doesn't have to be, uh, it could be, I mean, Cody, uh, Kenny was, you know, a long-term co-host for a while. Now we have, obviously, the rotating one, so um could be either one. You want me to give you one of those, too? Sure. Well, as much as... Go ahead. As much as much as I don't want to say this, Travis Preston. Travis was really good. Yes, Travis has been very good. Cody, go ahead. Um, yeah, you know, just being a WPS guy, I love hearing Randy uh, Richardson. He's he's always funny, quick witted. Yep, love it how he gets under Steve's skin. Um, but someone who's a little more frequent, I, I I'm a big Kiefer guy. Like I, I look for when I hear Kiefer is going to be on. I look forward to it. Same, same. Uh, all right. Someone, Tommy, that you would like to see in the co-host seat that maybe has not been yet? Mm, me. Okay, perfect. I love that. That's what I would have said, me. Um, well, although I have been already, but I need to be again. How about you, Cody? Um, probably someone that you guys haven't heard of. Maybe Steve dropped his name a couple times. Um He's our VP of field field sales. He's also made main events. Um, Kyle Gill. He's um, he's he reminds me of like Paul Fairbino's when he's on. Okay. Um, he's about he's thirty two years old. He's he's kind of like at the up and up of WPS right now. Um, a good friend of mine. He speaks really well after a few drinks. I feel like he's sound <laughs> like Paul. Okay. And uh, Steve knows him definitely yeah. from uh, just you know doing the dealings with with uh, WPS and everything. So. I think he'd be a great, great, uh, you know, Max comes on, JT comes in. I feel like Kyle would be a great uh, person to come with those guys. All right, last question. Uh, Tommy, of all the Pulpamex employees, who would Steve sacrifice if one had to go? Uh, I feel like you're talking to him. (laughs) I'm not a a full-time employee, though. Well, a lot of them aren't, though, so. You just think as much as he bitches and complains at JT, like, that's a hard one. Yeah. He he, he treats JT like he wants to <laughs> cut <right>. a, you <laughs> know, snippy snippy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He always, you know, you do this, blah, blah, blah. You're, you don't eat chicken or whatever. <laughs> Bullshitty. No quesadillas, you know. no ketchup. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. All right, so JT, how about you, Cody? You got one that you think, who would you get rid of? Definitely not going to be Marks because no. it falls apart without Marks. No, yeah. no. The, the, Marks has got it got it made. He could he could show up late every day. Yeah. Um, he, he's that guy who could show up late every day and you just can't fire. And I think Swiz, um, Swiz is the same. Swiz is very yep. – I don't think people realize how much Swiz does. Is uh is Mosier on the payroll? Uh, we'll we'll call him an employee. He does something almost every week for the show. So yeah, yeah, he 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 he'd be the first on that. Okay, uh, thank God, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm still here. Sorry, I'm still safe. Yeah, yeah, nice. you're, oh, yeah, you're good. You're good. All right, all right. Well, guys, that's uh, the Pulp Mix wrap up show. Before we uh, go through the sponsors again, 
Tommy, was there anything that happened Monday night that I didn't bring up that you wanted to talk about? No, you did a great job. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. How about you, Cody? Anything stood out that I missed? Um, no, I, um, I guess I, I, he said he was going to talk more about Ferrandis. Steve did, uh, and he brought it up at the beginning of the show, and then we never heard about it again. I mean, obviously he got hurt, and then it, it made it sound like he was missing one round. No, but now no. Steve made it sound like he's missing multiple, multiple rounds. So Yeah, Dylan told yeah. me that the injury, if he doesn't get it fixed, he could have permanent nerve damage, and, and it could ruin oh, his career. Good. So, uh, yeah, he, he has to get it fixed. It, it, there was no option. Yeah. So uh, I think – he sort of made it sound like he could be back by the end of the season, but man, it's a short outdoor season. I don't right. think he just right. get ready for Supercross. Yeah, I think he just waits yep. for Supercross. I think that's the yep. right thing to do. So that yeah, he won't be I don't think he'll be back. Um not one round. It's yeah. definitely gonna be long term. I, I don't know if he's had surgery yet, um, but it's coming. So yeah, that's that's the deal with yeah. him. All right, I want to thank motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires. And Seal Savers for uh, sponsoring the Rapid Show, but I also want to thank all the sponsors of Pulp Mex, whether it be Fly Racing, X Brand Goggles, um, Race Tech, et cetera, et cetera. You guys go to pulpmexshow.com. All the sponsors are there in little uh, links on the new website. I, I haven't looked at it in a few days, but I'm pretty sure it's still just there's uh, logos that you can click on. It will tell you about the sponsor, it will give you a link, it will tell you what the discount code is, if there is one. If there's a sponsor that you don't see a discount code for, you can use the contact form at pulpmix.com or pulpmixshow.com, sorry. And Steve would generally get back and try to help you out. If you can, we thank all those guys. If you guys, you, you know that if you support the sponsors, they'll keep coming around. We'll keep having more Pulpmix shows. It'll get bigger and bigger. So support those guys. If you have any questions, comments, complaints, criteria, uh, crit- criticism, hit me up, darkside at pulpmix.com. Uh, I would love to hear what you guys think, and yeah, maybe we'll read some emails on the air. Other than that, guys, that's a wrap. We're out. Thanks. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Tell me